Hi, my name is Johnny, and I have never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And this is the podcast where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film that they absolutely should have seen by now, but for whatever reason has missed the boat. As you heard this week, we are talking to Johnny, who has never seen the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Johnny, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. I am very, very excited for you today. I love this movie. <laughs> I think you guys have both said that you guys really like this movie, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Not only do I love it, I think you're going to, at the very least, like it. So it's going to be it's gonna be a fun episode. Not quite as raucous as last week. We don't have... The couch is not full this week. <laughs> um, but we are back again, once again, all together. So the second right. episode. How did you guys feel being all back together last week? It was nice. It was nice, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, like you said, a lot of people... Fairly cozy. Yeah. Um, but, um, Very intimate setting. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that just, it, that movie is just, it means so much to me and Bridget and you, obviously, mm-hmm. um, yep. that just seeing two people as cl- as close to our lives, seeing it for the first time was, was pretty wild. So um, I'm not sure if you're going to have that same sort of reaction today. I don't know if that's as up as a, on a pedestal as Indiana Jones is for you guys, but I want to hear your sort of history with it too. Well, I want to hear yours first. So I want to figure out why it is that you have not seen this, what you kind of know about it. I don't know if you know who's in it or who's directed it. We can talk a little bit about that. I know we've touched on the director's work before with a previous movie that we've done, but I don't want to give that away if you don't know. Yeah. No, it's Robert Zemeckis. Know that I believe Alan Silvestri scores it again. Um, so I'm not sure if the, there's a big popular theme in it that I've either heard or will be aware of afterwards or humming afterwards. I don't, I don't know that there is. Like, I don't think this isn't one, I don't think this is one of those movies where there's like a big, like, like an Indiana Jones or mm-hmm. a we'll get back, back to, to the, the future. future. Yeah. yeah like, correct. I don't think that there's a, a title track, so to speak, like right. the one that you, that's synonymous with this or that you hear in the trailer and it immediately evokes the the mood of it i don't know that you'll get that here like i'm trying to think it's been not too long since i've watched it i think i watch it once a year but i don't think that there's like a big theme i i don't think so either because a lot of what this movie is trying to do is be evocative and bring in motifs and the feeling of um other other films okay so i know you try not to say something i'm I'm like (laughs) (laughs) um no, but I can't think of a big. Okay. Theme. No, but I feel like I feel like you might in, see hear things in the score that you're like, okay, this is much like how we could hear the work of John Williams sampled throughout his career. But like, you, there are so many things in sure. Raiders that are similar. You might get some of that here, but I wouldn't go in necessarily expecting a big theme that you're like, okay, that's the Roger Rabbit theme. And yeah. now when I hear it, I'm gonna I'm gonna know. So. Beyond that, I no, I do not know who is in this movie. I know there is a hybrid sort of uh, Space Jam with live action and 2D slash maybe 3D-ish cartoons going on, interacting with the humans in this. And 
I'm going to assume that it's not going to be one of those things where like, oh my god, there's a talking cartoon. It's like these people are lived in. These cartoons are lived in with the world and the world these people live, they coexist with these tunes. So I'm not going to expect any sort of like like this beginning where no one has seen these and they disappear and there's everyone just sort of freaking out that now there's tunes running around. I think it's probably a little more established. That's just my guess. Yeah, this is not one of those like Alvin and the Chipmunk live action. Correct. Yeah. Where, like, it's, what talking chipmunks? Yeah. I never. And they can sing. Get out of town. Yeah. Like, it's right. not that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's what I figured. I figured since it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they're like already beyond that. Like there's a talking 2D rabbit in the room. Yeah. So yeah. I think Roger we're, we're, we're beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Roger Rabbit is in this movie, so yeah. I do. I will give that away. He um, is here. <laughs> now, funny enough, I've heard the name Roger Rabbit so many times in my life, and I've watched the Looney Tunes, and I've watched other like. Tune. I know he's a part of like he's a Disney property. At least now he is. That I do, I can't really think of any really real exposure I've had with Roger Rabbit. So because you've never seen this movie. Well, I know there's also <laughs> cartoons and there's also like a comic strip and there's like other things that it's not just it started with this movie. It. So I want to say it did. It basically did. There, I think there was a more adult version like comic that this was adapted from but like as a as a character that you would have consumed as a child it starts with this movie it is a disney property and they released some smaller like shorts to go with it like i don't know if you guys remember like if you went to go see a disney movie like they would oftentimes have shorts to like round out the length of the film, right? Like, Introduce the... other characters and get you hooked with some other things. Yeah. yeah, and because their films are generally like shorter than like your average runtime. Yeah, I have I have a copy of uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids downstairs on VHS that comes with a Roger Rabbit short. Okay, beforehand. that's that's where I've seen it then because I'm trying to think of what sort of exposure yeah. I had. That's it. That's kind of I think what I've seen that small little bit and again I don't even really remember whether it was some sort of uh prelude or prequel to what the movie or a teaser to kind of get you hooked into watching that movie. Um I believe Honey Shrunk the Kids came out after I think this so. did. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this is uh just to fact check ourselves here. This looks like the character comes from a 1981 novel who censored Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. And I won't go too much more into it, just because some of the beats from that book, it looks like, are similar to this movie. So, Okay. I will, uh, although it, it's much darker. <laughs> go, going further, it's much darker than what we're going to get into. So I, <laughs> I definitely want to read more about this character. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I did not know uh, beforehand, so I will not spoil that here. We can talk about that uh, afterwards. <laughs> That's great. But um, yeah, so he did appear in, he has appeared in other things. Like there's an area at Disney World that he's got, you know, his face plastered on and stuff like that. But gotcha. Um, he doesn't date back to like the Fantasia era or the Looney Tunes era of things. He's not like a character from yeah, I don't think things. he was that old, but I figured maybe there was some sort of like pre-existing Saturday cartoon that he was a part of. Hmm. So yeah, I don't. My parents may have seen this, or maybe maybe have not. And that's why I have not seen it. I don't think it's come up in a lot of conversations. Like, oh, you haven't seen who who framed Roger Rabbit? So yeah, I guess it just it just slipped past me. I'm very excited to watch it. I, I'm I love Robert Zemeckis. Particularly older Robert Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis movies. I like the interplay of sort of like tunes with real people and mm-hmm. 
I have heard in conversations that that this is like a special effects heavy movie where like in a way that not so much like the practical effects but the fact that they're dealing with something that someone that isn't there like maybe the first movie to like introduce someone who's wearing a, like a green suit or something to that effect so interacting with that and the animation on top of it everyone i think in, from what i've heard is pretty impressive so i'm looking forward to that i believe there's a, a noirish uh thing going on with this movie that i think I would really dig if that's the case. I see Bridget nodding her head, so I'm, I'm a little more excited for it yeah. now. Trying to be stoic. Trying to not, <laughs> trying to not give too much away here. But yeah, no, I'm really going to like say the whole movie before we even started, figure out the whole thing. Um, no, I, I, I'll leave it at that. I don't know who's in it. I'm excited for just a fun... Again, if it's as zany as like like Looney Tunes and other things, I'm cool with that. But I'm also cool if it takes a like a step back and a breather, and is a little more slow and melodramatic and you know serious. Like who who really framed Roger Rabbit? Like mm-hmm. it's a real serious. <laughs> you want to get into the meat and potatoes of it? Correct. You know, who yeah. Framed Roger Rabbit. But I see Bridget's pretty excited right now, so I think I'm just gonna toss it to her. As far as like Bridget, what's your history and experience with uh, Roger Rabbit? I. I probably saw this movie when I was nine or ten. Not it. It came out in '88, so not right when it came out, or really immediately afterwards. And just really liked it at the time. And it's a movie that I've found enjoyable to go back to as an adult, and been able to enjoy it as an adult. If that makes sense, like there are some movies that I watched as a kid that I go back, you know, not to sort of consume them on their own merits but to just have like oh i'll throw winnie the pooh on in the background while i do my laundry whatever this is cute this is fine like comfort food whereas this is actually an enjoyable film and holds up and i think is accessible to everyone and i think as you get older there are things about it that you start to understand more some sort of references Mm -hmm. but I don't want to say too much there, but Adam, no, you really love this movie. I do. I really love this movie. And I think to Bridget's point, and Johnny, you were kind of hinting at this, there are other elements to the movie. So it's not just a zany, half cartoon, half live action thing. Like there are other genres at play here that I do think that you will quite enjoy. And that's what makes it an enjoyable watch beyond just childhood fare. Because like, we can all watch Aladdin for what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. We can all watch The Lion King or Beauty and the... Like, we can watch these animated films that are meant strictly for children and be like, okay, those are good, classic, fun family movies. Whereas, like, this is a good, classic, fun family movie, but there's also so much more, like, beneath the surface that a seven, eight-year-old won't necessarily pick up the nuance of, that when you watch it as a teen and, uh, you know, as an adult, you're like, oh, okay, this is some... This is a lot different than what the way I watched it when I was younger. So it's almost like watching it again for the first time. I don't remember whether I watched this first or if I remember it as a book on tape cassette that I would have like listened to as a kid. Interesting. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. I I know for a fact that we had in our house the like you know twenty five thirty page version of like the storybook that you could read to a kid, but that it also came with like a double-sided tape, which had clips from the movie that would play along. So that way you could kind of like, so I like vividly remember like 
going to sleep and like hearing lines from the movie. <laughs> uh, and then I remember like my sister doing the same thing because like the stuff that I would have had as a kid got passed down. So like they'd throw on, you know, those kinds of things for her as well. So I, you know, was exposed to this much younger than probably I think I even would have seen it. But I do remember seeing it as a kid, loving it, going to the area at Disney World, which is like, it's not a ride. It's just like an area of the park, like mm-hmm. the shops and restaurants and stuff. But being like, oh, cool. This is like from the scene in the movie. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. Like, there's just one scene and I'll talk about it after where it's like they kind of recreate that for it and when you see it, you're gonna be like wow this is what they recreated for the interesting the okay. park okay sure why why not that's that's a choice but yeah i i watch this movie probably once a year okay uh, usually get the kick for it this was also one where i remember when like blu-ray was becoming a thing that like when it first came out in like 1080p like you know the first time you could watch it full like hd whatever i was like okay i gotta see this like i want to watch this one because i want to see what they did to the animation, does it change it? Does the can you now that it's 1080? Can you see the lines where the green screen would have been cut out from? Like, what what's going to be different about it? Yeah. Kind of like last week, how we watched and you know Eddie could see that it was immediately remastered. Right, and you were like, well, there's a sheen on it, and I've seen this so many times in so many worse formats that I can tell when something's not right. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that with this movie. So I. Uh, yeah, I I love it. I think it's super fun. I think it still holds up as being funny. Oh, I'm just gonna ask. Do you think is it, is it aged well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely, I do. I'm I'm both surprised and not surprised that it's not talked about more. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, it's good and it's classic. But along the same lines, of what we're talking about, there's not an iconic score theme. There's not necessarily iconic lines from it that like permeated popular culture or anything mm-hmm. like that. There's there's one character who I would say is iconic that I'm surprised didn't come up, but you might not know them as being from this movie necessarily. True. But that you're right, it it hasn't really, you know, permeated culture and I I have a theory for why that might not be okay. but i think we should get into it later yeah i was just gonna say i'm i'm pretty sure there's more than one animated character it's not just roger rabbit there's mm-hmm. i believe a female version that's like a smoke that's i forget her name she's in this okay so i know that's there's okay yeah yeah i know who she's talking about okay yeah um the name isn't coming to me right away but i do yeah so i <laughs> and i believe this character lives in a time where it would never happen today per se <laughs> yeah. um you know, unless we're getting into like death to smoochy uh, territory, but we'll um, yes. no. But the way you guys describe it now, I'm thinking this is kind of gonna maybe fall like like a movie like The Mask with like Jim Carrey, mm. where it's kind of got that zany sort of cartoony element to it, but there's like this like underworld criminal element to it. Yeah, I mean, with like guns and they're just like it's just not what you would typically have a Disney property have when Roger Rabbit is maybe getting shot at with like a Tommy gun or something. Yeah, I mean that's a that's actually a good comparison. I never yeah. thought about that. That like the mask part of it is the zany, over the top cartoon character, really in that yeah. movie. Uh, and he's kind of similar to Roger Rabbit in this case, except there's not necessarily the you know, hey, I'm zany for my job or as part of this, and then I go and I'm depressed and yeah, I, I don't know. I won't get too we, yeah, we won't yeah. go too far down that rabbit hole, I guess. But no, that's actually a it's, that's a good comparison. Okay. I'm excited for this. Again, 
I'm excited because I don't know like who is in this like a, like big name wise. You guys haven't really given me too many hints on that front. I can see maybe some cameos popping in with this, and this was after Back to the Future, right? So we have an established mm-hmm. director with mm-hmm. people who probably want to work with him. So yeah, I'm excited to see who the the real humans are in this, and then maybe interestingly enough, want to know who voices the the animated characters mm-hmm. in as well. So. Yeah, I, I'm excited. You guys have, have uh, built it up quite a bit, and uh, I think it's it's right up my alley as far as a movie that I would enjoy without thinking too much about it, I think. Yeah, there's not a lot of deep introspection. Yeah. I'm not do. expecting much of that, but yeah. I was, if, if it tries for that, then I'll, I'll applaud it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there'll be some things that you'll pick up on, and obviously, you know, there's darker themes that we've, we've kind of hinted at. But I don't think it's going to be one of those things where there, there's not layers to it. This isn't yeah. like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, I, when you think about it this way, oh, this is actually a, a think piece on society. Like, it's not – I don't think it's one of those. No, yeah. At least no, I've never watched it that no way. college courses on Roger Rabbit. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> and maybe that's why – maybe that's why it hasn't permeated popular culture is there isn't yeah. enough philosophical elements to it. But That yeah. is funny you mentioned the uh, – the honey shrunk the kid thing is exactly where I've seen that yeah. that that exposure. So um, yeah, I can't even really remember, but what what happened there? So it's just it's, a blur it, of color. It, it, it's just yeah, yeah, it's just it's it. I I see a very ominous like tracking shot of a camera like going in, then like you see like a shadow, and you realize it's Roger Rabbit. I don't know. I'm just trying to maybe I'm just dreaming that part now. I don't know. Okay, yeah. we could throw it on. We could throw it on. We'll take it off the VHS wall downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it on after for you so that way you can get that exposure again and be like, "Yep, I've definitely seen that." Yeah, yeah. But All right, cool. Cool. All right. Well, Bridget, any other thoughts that you want to get out or anything that you want to prep Johnny for? Uh, no. Just buckle up. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> all right then, Johnny, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it. <laughs> We are back. We have just finished watching 1988's hybrid live action animated classic Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Johnny, you are on the hot seat for this week as you have never seen this before, so I want to know how are you feeling? Uh I'm feeling pretty good actually. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> Take that however you want. We uh, both like to show you fever dreams, don't we? Yeah, really guys. You guys are killing me with this stuff. Um, yeah, the movie is wild, uh, just very, there's just all, so much going on on the screen at once, and there's so many properties mixing with themes and content that I would never imagine being in the same this picture is first, at all. It's a first of its kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think to this day, still one of the only, if not the only, like, feature film to have Warner Brothers, like, Looney Tunes and... Mickey Mouse 
Donald Duck, you know, Disney cartoon characters in it together. Right. That's why it's like, it's such a hallucination. It's like, you just can't believe what you're seeing. Yeah. Especially in light of just like today, you know what I mean? Like you would never have any of that stuff in it, you know yeah. what I mean? The boob jokes and the, the oh, guns well, yeah, and that, yeah. that too. Tinkerbell capping it off like, like what? Kids kids being the only people smoking. <laughs> yeah, 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 thanks for the cigarettes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was keeping notes and after a while I just, I just couldn't keep up with the madness anymore. <laughs> um, I understand why it is uh, beloved. Um, I don't think I've ever ran into anyone saying they hated the movie, so I don't think I can really touch on that aspect of it. I don't mm-hmm. see why they would. I I think older people may just lose their mind and shut it off after a while because it's just completely insane and manic and Roger Rabbit is just an insane personality. Yeah. Just completely insane. It, like he, he obviously goes from like mourning what's going on and everything and then to completely being just off the wall. And again, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's like a yeah. Looney Tune, but... He's the looniest of all the two. He's though. completely loony. He's completely batshit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. I think I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Do you think? Well, I mean, we'll get to to how you know you may sit with it afterwards if you, you're going to need repeat viewings or if this is a one and done for you. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that you at least enjoyed it coming out of it because, like, I was talking to Bridget in the interim, just being like, he kept saying he was. He was like freaking out. Like it, it, it's a fever dream. Yeah. He's tripping. Is it? Is it a good trip? Is it a bad trip? I can't tell. <laughs> I know there were certain gags you'd just be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean Come there on, were okay. there were a number of times where like it was a sigh of relief. What I saw was over. Um, there were times where I was like, what the hell's going on? It wasn't like a laugh out loud movie for me, but it was a movie where I think I was smiling like the entire time. Yeah. There's a couple really good gags. Right, and yeah. And things where, like, when you catch it and you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, me. like, it, like at the end where, like, the car gets into the car and drives away. I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> you could tell it was really funny when Sunday came up with it in the writer's room. Like, what if the car got into the car? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love those little things. He's um, a driver. He's the best driver. He's way better driver than Roger Rabbit. Right. This falls very much into, like, Naked Gun territory as well, where it's just there's a lot of sight gags going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of things you can miss, like, really just under the radar, um, things written down on, like, on a desk or, like, a poster or whatever that would be great on repeat uh, viewings. Well, yeah, it was, like, one of the things very early on where they a cartoon penguin waiter hands Eddie a glass that's a scotch that he asked for, scotch on the rocks. On the rocks, yeah. And he says, I mean ice, and when he comes back... There's just rocks in the glass, and right? Like, and I had to, I had to ask you, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, well, because they could have been like, you know, granted, it's 1947 in the movie, but like that could have been one of those, like those cubes that you freeze, and those are your just sure. these don't water down my yeah. glass. Uh, I don't know if they had those back then, but it is one of those things where you just you you got to pay attention to every little bit, right? Right. But it's funny, like the penguins because they look like they're wearing tuxedos are the waiters yeah. or whatever, so they're just a lot of funny uh, tongue in cheek stuff throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to to what you're saying, it just I really felt like I was like on like some sort of drug or something throughout most of this running time. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I it just it it, it blows my mind that there's just so many characters in this. It, like that whole scene where he's parachuting with Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny is surreal. Yeah, completely surreal. Because like they're playing it off like they're friends. They're like, well, why don't you like. Mickey knows the gag before Bugs pulls off the gag right. of the spare tire. So it's just like, but these guys live their normal lives and they're friends and 
finish each other's jokes? Like, I don't... Yeah, it would almost be like if, like, the Star Wars characters and Star Trek characters came together in something, or, I like, know. I like I know, like, the Simpsons yeah. and Family Guy did together, but they're, they are the same property, you know what I mean? They yeah. are Fox, they're owned by Fox. Yeah. So there's just a lot of, like, that, like, what is going, like, how did, it's only something you could dream of, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why, I, again, I have, I didn't have, like, any hard times with the movie, I just had... It, it just felt like again, like a fever dream. Like I was just, just I, I don't know. I, maybe my head is my head still scrambled from still watching spending. this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make sure to at the very least ask you next week. We'll ask you at the end, obviously, how it's changed after the discussion. Um, but I will we'll make sure to touch base next week to see how it's sitting. Or if we get any text tomorrow, they're just like, I, I still don't know. I didn't sleep all night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I probably good. won't even sleep. Yeah. Bridget, what about you? How was how was this watch through for you? Um. It was zanier than I remembered, for sure. I, still enjoyable, and also fun to have see it with someone who's not yeah, seen it before. Yeah. I had definitely forgotten how adult mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes are that I'm sure just flew over my head when I was a kid, but, you know, have also, I've watched it as an adult and has also just flown over my head. Any examples spring to mind? Oh, um, the booby trap, so much to do with Jessica, like yeah. even the way that she's animated in particular, I was paying attention to, and this, she's constantly bumping into things with her boobs. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like a bag of water, just like she's constantly sitting an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> that, those are things that stood out to me, but still, you know, overall enjoyable, and only one thing that, one joke that we all noticed, and we're like, ooh. Yeah, can't that do that just, one. Mm, yeah. Can't leave that in 1988 kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, a lot of the more adult jokes, I think you could maybe try to get away with. I don't mm-hmm. know that anyone would be brazen enough to do it nowadays. Yeah, but there is that one joke that's that's just, like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not even recalling it right now, so we may have to touch on it without. I mean, oh. we'll, I mean, we'll bring it up. It's uh, one of the cartoon bullets is a Native American, and he's doing the like. Screaming, yell, like battle cry. He yeah, has a battle like a war axe, whoop. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's very stereotypical of the you know mm-hmm. of what you would expect, expect from, from a Native American character in 1947. Yeah. So like, it yeah. fits. It's it, both a send up, but at the same time, it's like yeah. yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of misogynistic shit going on in here, yeah. like the baby slapping her ass or whatever. It's like Whoa. that too. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about the baby. I thought that's what you were talking about. Oh, I just <laughs> I can only hold so much in my brain at once. <laughs> and again, a lot of it, I'm seeing it through the lens of like a Disney project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it was mm-hmm. somewhat like like MTV produced, this looks like an MTV produced cartoon. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, this was sausage party. Like you wouldn't bat basically, an eye. yeah, I wouldn't yeah. bat an eye. But the fact that like Tinkerbell shares the same, you yeah, know, she's like Boop. morning time, yeah, boop. How'd you like it? How'd you like it? Yeah. How How did you feel yeah, this time like, around? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Okay, was, yeah, you're like I'm. Nothing's yeah, changed. Nothing's changed. No, I. But it was exciting to like watch for Johnny's reactions for certain things and like certain jokes where he'd just be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay all right. <laughs> Because you just weren't expecting the like the literal gag, which is the how you said it, it is veering yeah. into the Naked Gun territory of that like vaudeville ask Mel Brooks ask like it's literal humor. He asked for a scotch in the rocks, he got rocks. He asked for a spare, meaning parachute, he got a spare tire. Like it's right. a lot of very visual on the nose. 
But yes. they're like layered, like there's just one after another after another. So yeah. by the time I get to like the fifth or sixth one where I would have liked had a sigh of relief a while ago, I never had that chance before that. So like by the time they finally give me a chance to breathe, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like? <laughs> but no, it was it was good. I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it uh, as always, but it was it was fun to to watch you watch it for the very first yeah. time. Um, so we'll break we'll break things down here, and and we start off kind of in a a very cold open, so to speak, of just dropping you right into a Roger Rabbit, Baby Herman cartoon. What did you think of starting out the movie in, like, almost like in a movie In itself? 2D, yeah. Yeah. I, this is where I think I saw at least a part or a heavily edited portion of it before Honey, I Shook the Kids. There, I think is that sequence. It's a similar type of... It certainly isn't that long. I remember not being that extended. But I remember the baby, like, wanting a cookie, and he's kind of, like, yeah. trying to, like, make sure the, the baby doesn't have a cookie. Now, in hindsight, I did really enjoy the sequence at the beginning, but that it sets it up for how zany it's going to be carried into the real world. Yeah. You know what I mean? It shows just how crazy and creative the uh, the team is behind the movie with just the animation, yeah. and then to sort of how how we can implement this into into real life and maybe some of the uh, the hurdles. It didn't seem like they they were challenged enough because like they were able to do exactly what they wanted with everything in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? There was almost all, almost no restrictions or anything in the way of what they wanted to do in three D opposed to in two D. Mm-hmm. They achieved it. Yeah. But I do like, because I think we were talking earlier before about how these 2D characters are established mm-hmm. and they are believable, at least to the people in this movie. So you're not getting any sort of like that shock and awe of like, what is this? What the hell yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and getting sort of like this fish out of water sort of like thing where it's just the fish has been out of the water for yeah. some time. But I liked, again, I like... I'm a sucker for movies about movies, the movie making process. Yeah. Even though they only did like just a little bit in the beginning, yeah, I enjoyed like seeing that. Yeah, and they've got that scene where he's like editing the film right there, like in his yeah, office. like in his office. Like I laughed at that. I'm like, why is he editing it in the office? So, like it just it's it's funny, but um, yeah, I I really they really started. It's funny because I they they screw around with the things that are like tangible in real life, and then like what's cartoon, mm-hmm. and then they flip it on you where it's like. The cartoon people have real guns. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it's just in, like, the the real people have, like, cartoon hammers, and it's... (laughs) So, like, those are parts where I laugh out loud, because before, like, there's not, like, a lot of continuity with that. Early on, there is. Like, the humans have human things, and the cartoons have human... Or uh, cartoon uh, objects, and then they start juggling that, and it becomes pretty funny. It's like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah, I really really started... I enjoyed the setup of, of the movie in the beginning. Yeah, they're just like normal actors. Were you were you taken aback when Baby Herman was revealed to be a forty year old man with a three year old dinky or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> that line is so outrageous. Because I have heard someone reference a penis as a dinky before, and yeah. I think that's such a funny name for it. <laughs> just just a sidebar. I think it's a funny funny name for it. Yeah. Um, Coming from but, a baby who's just smacked a real life woman on the ass. <laughs> right, right, right. I wasn't too shocked by it, um, but yeah, because I I figured if the baby's in on it uh, or as an actor or whatever, that yeah. it's going to be like an adult. An adult, yeah, yeah. One thing that I couldn't really follow in this movie, and I, I kind of wanted to, was the actual like story, like the the crime element of it. I was picking up parts of it, but again, the movie is just throws so much cr- stuff in your eyes, yeah, that it's so hard to sort of follow. 
even if the intention, if you, you are supposed to kind of follow it. Um, well, there's a couple of cases going on in this. So this is, as you mentioned in the beforehand, this is a noir type mm-hmm. of story. Yeah. It's not the typical 1930s that we get with noir stuff. It's a little bit later. Like I said, it's post-war. It's 1947. Yeah. And so once we pull back from the Baby Herman short, we are introduced to the world. They're actors. They're just like regular people. And this is where we get Eddie Valiant's introduction. He's there on set that day because he's meeting with R.K. Maroon, who is the head of the cartoon studio. So they're just, I guess, a third cartoon studio. You've got Disney who exists. They make references to Walt. You know, mm-hmm. uh, RK borrows Dumbo for a couple of pictures and can pay him in peanuts. That's great. Um, I enjoyed that. And so the first kind of case in this is Eddie gets hired as a private detective to find out if Jessica Rabbit, Roger's wife, is cheating, doing something nefarious because it's affecting his acting. So, like, that's the very first Okay. Thing. Yeah. And so that's where we get Eddie's introduction. That's where we get Jessica's introduction that shows kind of who Eddie is. He's obviously a, a drunk and, yeah. you know, we don't really atypical, get why yeah, right typical, away. Yeah. But he's clearly just, he's not having it. He doesn't like tunes. He doesn't like anything going on with what he's dealing with. So he we get that. And that's kind of the first case that kicks off. And then we'll introduce the other cases as we get there. Right. Um, but what did you think of what did you think of Eddie when we first meet him? What was kind of your take on on Bob Hoskins and? Yeah, great, great, perfect casting for what they needed. Um, I liked like his raspy sort of like thirties detective voice. You know what I mean? The they rough. just the rough. Yeah, like yeah. I've just seen some shit and. You know, obviously they make him, you know, this alcoholic and he's got some sort of like uh, story behind it, which we get into. But I thought he just like nailed it for what they were going for, even if it was very hammed up. Yeah. Again, everything around the movie is just like going at 100. Yeah. So they need him to sort of like at least meet it halfway mm-hmm. that I thought he was perfectly cast for the role. Yeah, he's a good straight man mm-hmm. in this to all the Zane. Because like he doesn't ever really get zany. He doesn't break that line of I'm a rough detective who's you know broke yeah alcoholic we find out very early on that his brother was killed by a tune we don't get the backstory till later but the delivery when he goes to the bar and it's like not having it when that guy's like hey you working for a tune hey what do you think Chili oh, that disgusting man yeah that yeah. disgusting man <laughs> yeah um and that's when dolores is like a, a tune, tune killed, killed his, his brother, brother and everyone in the bar is like <gasps> Dropped a piano on him. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that plan was great. I mean, that's a way to get murdered by a tune is have something zany dropped yeah. on you. Or and it's good that he has like a short fuse to sort of meet the like the absolute zany uh, zaniness of Roger Rabbit. Because if he was just like, stop, can you please stop? It's like he's literally like choking him most yeah. of the running time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and I think Bob Hoskins does a good job of everything. It feels like he's acting to the animation, yeah, which is really incredible for the time like if you think about like this is really way before cgi and the idea of acting towards green screens and acting to not a person yeah you're acting to a a tennis ball on a stick yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's nobody there no one's wearing a green morph suit suit. back in 1988 yeah you're just looking in you know wherever the your eyeline is supposed to be he's so committed Mm mm-hmm now, have you guys seen, like, behind the scenes of this movie? Like, is that true, the tennis ball? Because there did seem times where, like, whoever the cartoon character was was passing in front of him, and it was, like, a legit shadow, like, captured in camera and not, like, a fake shadow on the person. So I was like, oh, they must have, like, a real person 
being handcuffed to him or something like that. I mean, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing like the behind the scenes on it for sure because there are some sequences in it that are, are rather impressive. Yeah, I feel like I've seen one or two, but not with the frequency that I've seen this to like pull that yeah. from yeah. memory to remember. But you know, it is one of those things where they were trying to make sure that like everybody's eye line is where it's supposed to be. That's and the I, most important part. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's stuff dating back to like Mary Poppins of acting against cartoons. Like this isn't the first one, but. The fact that it's a feature length and that's the whole bit, Mm -hmm. the whole time. And they do interact with the world really well. Like every time he's being grabbed, every time he's holding a fake cartoon gun or when that detective picks up the fake mallet, like Mm -hmm. they're they're gripping things and like it's it doesn't look wonky in any way. And literally every like objects and tables and chairs and things are just flying in all sorts of directions in Mm -hmm. every frame and that's why like my head your head is just spinning watching a lot of this because it's just you could imagine what it looked like without the cartoon character there, and it's just like all these ropes and strings and things being pulled in a direction to make it look like someone's flying through there. Yeah, every time they a tune breaks a table, like you just imagine yeah. like right. ropes on the legs just pulling the broken table apart. But to to your point, I think with like Mary Poppins and other things before that, those characters, those animations worked within like a two D space. Mm-hmm. Here, it's, even though it's like a two D painting. Uh, that it's it's working in a 3D space, so like yeah. Roger Rapp is going from the foreground to the background, and there's times where like they're out of focus, so it's not just them like interacting on like a 2D plane, which I, I liked a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they really bring that in, and it kind of showcases everybody's ability to like play off of nothing essentially. Yeah. yeah. So from here, like we get the introduction to Eddie, we get we find out he has this tragic backstory. He's a drunk. He's all this. Then he's got to go. He's got to make the rest of his fifty bucks. Uh, which is crazy to think that you hire a private investigator and it costs you $100. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I heard that, but there was so much other stuff going on that like, it did, did not even register as like an issue with the movie. The part that you guys both like audibly made mention of was when we saw the menu board, though, in the bar. Oh, where it was like... 50 cents for a French dip? Yeah. Take me there. Yeah, take, <laughs> take me there. Take me there. 10 cents for a slice of, slice of apple pie. Like. Honestly, I'll have two French dips. <laughs> Yeah, pie. take me, carry me take there. Take this whole bottle. You know how many French chips you can buy with fifty dollars? A hundred. True. <laughs> You're right. So many French chips. Uh, but yeah, so he's got to go actually do his sleuthing, do his private investigating, and that's where we get the the all tune review, uh, a humans only as entrance, where we get the penguin butlers, we get dueling right. pianos with Daffy and um, Donald. 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 Yeah. Which I think. When he's leaving RK, you kind of see a mixture of some characters, like, as Easter eggs, it it passes by too quickly for you to be able to... Really Dumbo was, like, the big one that I saw. At least, like, the, the big, like, property, like, that I was yeah. like, whoa, yeah. I'm like, what? This is well, wild. Well, when he's leaving and he's trying to catch the, you know, the red car or whatever, you see, like, Br'er Bear from, yes. like, Song of the South and uh, Splash Mountain and stuff like that. And there's some other characters mixed in there. But this is the first time you really get that, like, Disney Looney Tunes mixture what did you think of the two characters like were you surprised by that did you know going in that there would be looney tunes in it because we touched on the disney aspect Mm -hmm. of it did you know about the mixing of companies here no i just i i didn't really think about it too much i i was gonna lean more towards like looney tune characters you know what i mean like roadrunner and some of those other ones Mm -hmm. like i figured those guys would and that roadrunner even didn't make an appearance in this i don't think no i mean at the end it was just like a kaleidoscope of characters and i was like what Maybe he's in there. Yeah. I'm not gonna say no. He might be in there. Yeah. Um, but no, I was leaning more towards that. Probably the Looney Tunes were gonna be the characters in this, and that I wouldn't see any Disney characters in this. 
that it was just something that Disney just like funded or whatever. I didn't think I was going to see, you know, Mickey Mouse or Tinkerbell or Dumbo or, you yeah. know, the crows from Dumbo doing the jazz or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah they're in the club playing yeah. background music. So when, when I noticed that there are two different uh, properties coming together, like I was kind of like, I was having a hard time with it. I was having a little bit of an anxiety. I, would just, I didn't know what was happening. It was like dueling pianos. Were you suddenly you know, like transported to a boardroom like where they're discussing this? Like, oh no. Basically, How did they get this? yeah. I don't believe it. I'm going to have to see it filmed. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's it's wild because it's only something, like this movie is only something that I, I can imagine I would dream of and now it like actually exists in my life tangibly somehow. <laughs> Which is terrifying. Yeah, there's like I a think. bunch of little kid fan fictions that are like, what if you put Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny and Donald the Daffy in a movie together and then set it in the 40s and made it a crime thriller? I mean, listen. <laughs> listen, I don't know about you guys, but in elementary school, we we drew like picture books or whatever. And yeah. this was something that I probably would have done. Yeah. Like, this is like, uh, I don't know, this is like Disney on Ice. You know what I mean? Where you have different like characters coming yeah, together yeah. that would never interact together. But now they're together. They're spinning on a giant frozen pond yeah. in the middle of Hartford. Listen, man, ice shows, are, ice shows are crazy. You know this. I know. I, <laughs> there's a lot of through stuff going with these movies. It's scary, guys. It's scary. <laughs> on that note, were either of you big like Looney Tunes kids? I mean, I watched them. They would yeah, have been it was always on Saturdays or yeah. like right. I think they were on. I think it was like right before school. There was always like yeah. a half an hour, yeah. like right before the bus came. They did like a half an hour or like 15 – they used to be like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, your Merry Melodies, your Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, because it would have been easily accessible because it would have been at a time where it's – these are all produced. We don't have to make anything. Mm-hmm. We can just air oh, them in syndication. Yeah. They're good forever. Yep. Uh, the gags are all family-friendly, safe enough. You know. Yeah. It's okay. Like we're going to blow up the coyote. It's fine. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, so I definitely, I always probably leaned more towards the Disney side of things, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I watch my fair share of Looney Tunes. But the Wile E. Coyote and all that stuff, yeah. like, that's, like, my some of my favorite, my favorite stuff. I yeah. Bugs Bunny, I was never like, go Bugs, you know what I mean? Like, it never was, like, my favorite character. Yeah. Um, I always liked him squaring off with Elmer Fudd. And, oh, know. sure, like, the like the interplay was up, but I wasn't always, like, yeah, I was more, I liked the Roadrunner stuff, I liked some of the other, like, smaller stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I never watched like Animaniacs or anything like that. Oh, see, that's I what I was big in Yeah, so I thought that I was going to see some of that here, but that's like the 90s, that's, right? Yeah, yeah. that's okay, yeah. I think that starts. So that's just after this. And that's really the Warner Brothers like animation renaissance where they were doing like Batman the Animated Series. You had Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Freakazoid. Like that was the Amblin. Pinky and, Pinky, Pinky in the Brain, too. Pinky in the it? Brain, yeah, because yeah, that spins off from Animaniacs. That was the Amblin side of things, which you saw the Amblin logo at the beginning. I think you even said, like, this is already a. Oh, I, I missed the Amblin logo. Oh, did you? Yeah. The Amblin logo. Well, not the. I saw the Touchstone logo. Yeah, yeah it was the Touchstone, and then it was, it was, it wasn't the, like. Oh, just an Amblin production or whatever? Yeah, but gotcha. it had the logo, but it wasn't, like, the normal animated logo of him flying yeah, yeah, in front yeah. of the moon or whatever. But when that popped up, you're like, this is already, this is already good for me. And I thought that's why you said. Oh that. no! I was writing down like the, like the music. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh, I was, okay. I was already enjoying like the, like the stand up bass, and I'm like, all right, I'm already digging this. This is already like noirish. Like this is where I didn't even, I totally missed that. Whatever oh, was on gotcha. screen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was because you saw the Amblin logo, and you're like, oh cool. No, like, I didn't now. know that. Yeah. So so Spielberg 
produced produced this? Okay. Yeah, and the... Because the stuff that comes in the early 90s at Warner Brothers, that's all produced by Spielberg. So those animatics, all those shows that I mentioned. Okay, yeah. And so that's where kind of this melding of companies kind of comes together. Interesting. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to see. Again, it's fan fiction on cocaine it really is yeah it's wild it's completely wild yeah so uh so we're in the toon bar and we get the introduction of jessica rabbit who you were somewhat aware of yeah. as being uh, i think you referred to her several times as a rabbit because her and a smoke i yeah, think yeah. yes you did call that one um, <laughs> yeah. but she is in fact only a rabbit by marriage uh so what did you think of the introduction of, of jessica um it was exactly as as i expected yeah i mean it's it's outrageous it totally and, – and I know I mentioned before the mask before we started and, mm-hmm. and like the mask absolutely took so much from this. Yeah. And not like in a like a malicious way like because they really like are, are homaging to it in that yeah. movie. But yeah, Cameron Diaz in the mask. It is, yeah, it is Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. It's as ridiculous as I would imagine that like all the guys would be swooned by her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Her excessive memories are just outrageous <laughs> throughout. But yeah, I uh, – it's exactly what I expected, that intro. Had you seen that character? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because she she is something that permeates popular culture. You yes. She shows up in every... She's the joke about, you know, people thinking cartoons are attractive. It's Jessica Rabbit. Like, if you want to make a mm-hmm. joke about an over-the-top dressed woman, it's Jessica Rabbit. Sure. Yeah. What did you think of the juxtaposition of showing the black and white Betty Boop, the cartoon sexual icon of a bygone era with the brand new cartoon sexual icon. Again, wild to see both of them like in the same, again, even though I don't have too much familiarity with Jessica Rabbit, um, but the two of them together was pretty wild. Again, by that point, like I knew like I could expect anything in this movie. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't like completely shocked by that or the rest of the running time. I know it's so funny too, because in the before part you were talking about like, I'm expecting a bunch of fun cameos or whatever. And I bet you were thinking human actors that you know or have seen correct, before. Correct, correct. Whereas, like, Bridget and I are just like, all the cameos are cartoon characters. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, we also get introduced here to the eventual murder victim of R.K. Maroon. What did you think of his uh, disappearing ink gag? Oh, with the reappearing? Oh, oh okay, Where that gag. Squir- squirts him right on the thing and the guy's just, like, yeah, ready yeah. to kill him in the I bar. I thought we were already talking about patty cakes already. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny. It fits right in line with the humor of the movie. So after Jessica performs, which Eddie's jaw is literally on the floor, like Betty Boop has to yeah, yeah. pick his jaw up off the floor, we get the patty cake sequence, which, again, we don't see it because it's a PG movie, I believe. I believe um, so. But the I moaning know. in that is something I forgot about because that was a lot more over the top and more sexualized than I remember from the even the last time I watched it. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> orgasms at this point in history. Like, remember Herbal Essences commercials? Yeah. Like, you could kind of toe the line, I think, a little bit yeah. with it more. If, as and that long was everyday as TV. As long as you, like, yeah. Like, uh, during, as you're watching General Hospital, you know, but you could misdirect. It was fine. Yeah. It's not what you think it is. It just sounds like it. I don't know. Yeah, what did you think about that, Johnny? Because I think when we get the reveal a couple scenes later, you're like, oh, okay, they were legitimately just playing patty cake. But while they're screaming patty cake and moaning sexually, what were you thinking? I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I was absolutely shocked. And like I said before, I thought, like, I would not be shocked. Like, I've seen everything. Like, I was absolutely blown away. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? And I didn't even think twice about them having some sort of gag after the fact because – 
the way he was the Bob Hoskins character was saying, I can't believe that you could do that with a tune. You know what I mean? Because you're saying like as they're doing it. Yeah. I was like, I, I was floored. I was like, I, I can imagine people just shutting off the movie right there. Yeah. And I, not even ever getting that joke. Yeah. Because the joke comes like two it's, two minutes later. It's quick because they probably couldn't let that linger. Yeah. Because they would have had parents being like, that's it, Timmy. We're walking out of here. Yeah. Because she's literally having an orgasm. Right. Just audibly. Yeah, so then what What did you think of the gag itself when we see the pictures, Roger's told his wife's been playing patty cake with another man, a man he thought was a friend that runs the Acme, you know, prop gags. What did you think about It them? was probably, like, the biggest, like, audible, like, oh, my Lord, I've had during this. I was like, come on. And I was just like... I- it's 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 between like I want to laugh out loud and like just outrageous. I can't explain the feeling that I have watching this movie. Like I, there's so many points where I do want to laugh out loud, but it's just I I I just know that if that's early on in the movie, then I'm like I need to buckle up. Like I need another seatbelt. <laughs> I need to, like to be strapped in. Like I. You need one of those like roller coaster pull down like. <laughs> yeah, I need a race car helmet. I need the whole thing. Um, but. Yeah, really, really funny though. I mean, it just—it's really funny, smart stuff. It just—it's done in such a way that like is shocking more than like than laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you now, I think maybe like you you know it's coming. Yeah, and it's still just as funny every time. Yeah, yeah, because I can I can anticipate it and just. But I was you know so taken aback by the moans because I don't remember those. Like, yeah, I don't know because you know when you see a movie a bunch of times, like eventually you'll be watching it and just. You can look at your phone or you can like mm-hmm. get up to go. Like if it's on TV, I can like go get up to get a drink or something like that. I don't know why I missed the moaning, but that just to me, I was like, whoa, damn, really? That's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, even so that now that like we watched it on Disney Plus and they've done a lot of things to sort of like edit some of the stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the smoking and the drinking and I can't believe none of that CGI is, is... hair over the over her moaning, the way they did with what was oh, Splash or whatever. Splash, they covered up, covered up Daryl Hannah's butt. Yeah, I, I know, but it just it's, it's funny that like Disney just like just left all the moaning in there. Like, yeah. they like not you could take like a couple of moans out or whatever. But well, this uh, this movie especially like the second you start to censor it, you just go down this slippery slope of like, okay, there's guns, there's like I don't think the drugs, but there's drinking, there's mm-hmm. kids smoking cigarettes. No, yeah, the movie would be twenty seconds long. Yeah, exactly. So, but that that is surprising that at least they didn't like tone it down somehow, or just like make other noises or something. Or because honestly, you can make hand clapping noises, and it's still just as sexual. Yeah, I mean, even the sound of a bed frame going against a wall would be way better, yeah. at least in the scheme of like protecting your kid for the next few years. Yeah, at least. So it's the couch sliding because they're playing patty. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do like the line. Take the hand buzzer off this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's good stuff. Yeah, it just you don't know what it means. means. Yeah, you're just like, you're oh like, no, you're like, you're like, oh no, what, what, what's that? Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, so here, Rogers found out. Now he knows that his his wife's having a patty cake moment. He kind of goes off the rails, has a drink, explodes, uh, quite literally, <laughs> destroys the whole office. Eddie gets his fifty bucks, goes to sleep. Job well done. End of the case. Case closed. We figured it out. Jessica's a, you know, she's a two-timing hussy. Yeah. Uh, then Eddie gets drunk, passes out, wakes up in his office. Cop comes strolling in and says, guess what? Marvin Acme, the guy who you just uh, had pictures of with a 
famous movie star's wife uh, wound up dead. And guess who the main suspect is? Is Roger Rabbit because a safe got dropped on his head. This is where the second case and the larger case, uh, we need to figure out who framed Roger Rabbit. So when they say that Roger's a suspect and Marvin Acme's been murdered, what are your what are your thoughts at this moment? Obviously, you know he's. Been I, I'm waiting for the title drop at that point. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think it took a little while to get there. If I think by that point we're like a good half an hour into the movie, I thought it would have been fairly early on that we would have had some sort of sequence where it's like in an alley and there's like. Uh, a silhouette of a rabbit, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. with a sledgehammer, and it's like, oh, you know what I mean? It must be, you know, Roger Rabbit because he's the most famous and whatever. But yeah, you don't get. There's no fake out scene. There's yeah, no, you don't see the murder happen. You just right. go to bed one because a lot because a lot of noirs do start off. They start off like with the kill, like yeah. right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it just it was interesting to see the framing or the bigger uh, crime at hand mm-hmm. happening pretty you know, late into the running time. Like, not late, but whatever. We're like, no, half an hour. And yeah, it's not the first thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, funny that he killed him with a safe. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, it's so, and again, like I said, I, my head is so fuzzy from this movie. So you're just going to have to maybe trail me along the plot a little bit. But mm-hmm. I do remember that, that, that happened fairly late into the running time. If I remember. Yeah. I think it's about like a half an yeah. hour mm-hmm. or so. Um, the murder scene that we get to, you know, he brings Eddie along because Eddie was, Eddie's involved now. He's not a cop anymore. He's just a private detective. Uh, but he's involved because he took those pictures. They think he might know something. They bring him down to the the scene of the crime. This is where we also get to meet Judge Doom. What did you think of Christopher Lloyd's performance as Judge Doom? Well, it took me a second to realize who I was looking at. And I'm like, I think I said to you guys, oh, that's, that's, tell me that's Christopher Lloyd or whatever. Yeah. And you guys were like, yeah. Um, because well, the hat, the glasses, and he's right, kind of right. got his weird disguise on. Yeah, what's with like villains in like the '80s having like the glasses and like the dark coats? Like we got one from Indiana Jones, and then yeah. I was then I was thinking of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with like uh, Slytherin. What is what's the guy's name? Slugworth. Slugworth. Oh. Yeah. Something like that. Same deal. Like the round glasses, the black. That's like a the pale Skeletor looking face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on board for. It. I mean, I. I I knew he was just going to be as zany and loony as he is in like everything he does. Yeah. But he he's the something of nightmares at the last stretch of this movie. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. When I say I said I can't sleep mm-hmm. at night, beyond all, like the birds flying on my head and all this other shit, like that'll be the thing that like I won't be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. He's very very creepy. Yeah, and he's I always when I was a kid, him dipping the shoe always makes me so sad. Oh. Because you have your first tune murder. In this oh, he kills him. Right. Yeah. He killed him. And everyone just watches too, which is baffling because, like, I get that the tunes are probably second class citizens, but, like, these people work. Like, the tunes fund a major studio. Yeah. Like, if you have no tunes, that whole studio shuts down. Like, it's a whole big thing. You'd think the cops would be like, hey, man, you can't murder a tune. Right. Look at these cowering. And especially because the he, shoes, like, sidles right up against his leg like he, a lost puppy. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> oh, distressing. Uh, I don't like the fact that he called it Dip, though. I didn't like how he changed his name because I would just, I wanted to, my happy place for this movie, at, with all the anxiety and everything, was a French dip sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and the Absolutely. fact that he changed it to a, a rabbit dip or whatever it was, I was like, yeah. oh, no. Oh. You ruined French dip. Ru- you ruined the word dip for the movie for the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the time. But yeah, sad. And to your point about like bringing up the whole Toontown and 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 all that, 
I wanted a little more backstory on that, I think, of like how the two worlds came to be or collided together. Yeah. It may have been touched on a little bit in some dialogue. Um, and I don't want to get too off from what we're talking about, but it would have been nice to get a little bit of a backstory there because we did get some with Bob Hoskins' character and not so much with Roger Rabbit a little bit, but I would like to have known, was he the one who like broke, was the, the breakout star or whatever that got everyone out of Toontown? Yeah, or... there's no real, you don't really find out what Toontown's, you just know it's like, it's a separate area that's right next to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but there's no kind of, I mean, maybe the book does it more, like, fleshes out, like, who, did someone discover a tune one day? They were, like, walking by that tunnel and then went down it and discovered a tune. They're like, these guys are zany. I'm going to put them on film. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't, there's, there's nothing really. Yeah. Like, yeah. The difference is, 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 is one dose or two doses. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, Toontown is like, turn up to maximum. Like, yeah. that. it was wild. Yeah, there's nothing there's, absolutely wild. But yeah, there's nothing that really fleshes out that that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to see. But yeah, that that would be cool as like a supplemental thing. Like I would watch a series about how Toontown came to be, or like you know, just set something. It doesn't have to include like a, a Toontown Deadwood sort of thing. Like yeah, just kind of. coming together. Yeah, I would. I'd I be like down that. to watch right. supplemental material, or like how they first discovered tunes and. Because I'm sure there would have been some bad guy that's like, no, I want to enslave, kind of like Space Jam. Like, I want to yeah. enslave all the tunes and make them stars in my moving pictures. Like, mm-hmm. I'd watch that. It'd be fun. Um, but we do get, you know, we do get the horrific murder uh, of the the very first tune. Uh, we then find out that the uh, Marvin Acme's will is missing, which doesn't really, they don't make a big deal out of it. Did at any point, did you think that was going to be a big plot device i, I knew i knew it was going to come back i okay. think they mentioned it enough where i'm like okay this is going to come back in some way i didn't pay attention to the content of it whatsoever mm-hmm. i was just kind of again my eyes are just all over the place with this movie but um i knew it was going to come back in some okay. sort of way because right after this we get roger rabbit we find out that he's he's hiding out at eddie's office he needs eddie's help because he's been set up he's heard about the murder and i was a little worried at this sequence that you were going to piece together the ending of it because we go like in three scenes in a row we get the disappearing ink the will is missing, and look, I found this blank piece of paper to write my love note on. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to put it together right here. That like, that's the will because like it was three sequences like right in a row almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, none of that crossed your mind at all because it no, was just too much. It just it's just too much. It's a tornado of a movie. Like there's just almost no, the fact that you even put that together maybe on the first viewing. Like I, no, I applaud you. No, I was I'm watching it now with someone for the first time. I was like, oh, I really hope he doesn't put that together. Because it seems really obvious the way they, like, did it, did it, did it. Again, only knowing now mm-hmm. what the ending is. That I was worried you were just going to be like, oh, I, I got it, it's this. It was impossible, I think, to really follow it. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine, like, if they maybe put you, like, in one of those, like, cash tornado cylinders. They told you to grab <laughs> the $20 bill and not the $1. All, they're all $1 bills. Like, it's, I don't know, it just, it's wild. It's just, you can't, it's, uh, to me, it was impossible to, to follow the plot. Okay. It really was. <laughs> but that didn't deter you, right? Like No, was... I had I had a good time with it. I just could not understand what I picked up pieces and nuggets here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's kinda like I I think I told you early on that I just could not like keep up with the notes anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, it's gonna have to just follow and laugh at what's sort of happening on the screen. Yeah, so uh so here we've got obviously Roger's trying to convince Eddie they the hyenas come, they do the whole bit with the handcuffs and he's washing his clothes and Roger's in the sink. 
because Eddie's now found out that the will was in the pictures he took, but now nobody can find yeah. it. You also get Jessica coming to see him, slapping him, uh, saying the, I think, one of her most famous lines of, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way. Right, right, right. Which is a great which line. Which is great. Uh, yeah. But then we get... Roger and Eddie hiding out in the bar and we get their first confrontation uh, with Doom. What did you think of the the zaniness going on in the in the bar and uh, specifically the shave and a haircut bit? Well, again, like I said, I was I was uh, I was it destroyed me that he erased the French out of the French dip sandwich <laughs> off the menu and put just rabbit. Um, but I do want to go back earlier because I think one of my favorite psych gags in the whole movie is the Murphy bed in his office. Oh, yeah. is perfect. I thought one. I thought the bookshelf was gonna fall on him, and then it just like laid down perfectly to a bed. And I'm like, this movie is something else. Like, it's, <laughs> I love that little bit. Yeah, that was cool. I liked that he was kind of washing him through the electrical socket, whatever it was. Yeah, because they were in an old speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. Which again, they're like, it's from Prohibition, and I'm like, oh, to them that was like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was just he, he got he demonstrated the the dip again. I think at this point, right. Did he kills or? Oh, he was going to. He's got. He's okay. going to dip Roger because he does the shave and a haircut because no tune can resist shave and a haircut. Which Eddie's like, that's so stupid. Of course you could. And Roger just and the, looks like he's going to yeah. lose it. Yeah, there's something to. There's something really enjoyable for me personally, like the moments of Roger really freaking out and wanting to do the bit, or like anytime he screams and his eyes pop out of his head, mm-hmm. it just does something for me. I always thought it was funny because I remember as a kid, like knowing the like that, but I didn't know like it had words to it. I didn't know there were lyrics to it. Yeah, <laughs> I just knew it as like a sound effect. Fa- kind yeah, of. and that you would do like if you were too loud in class, your teacher yeah. might do it, and then everybody. Yeah, exactly. Does it with you? Yeah, it's a it's a follow the instructions kind of thing, mm-hmm. not a shave and a haircut two bits like from something. Like, you don't know that that's <laughs> from something. Uh, when you're watching it. But this sequence also had one of my favorites, and it's a thing that I think causes strife in my own life, where they're trying to get the handcuffs off, and Roger slips his hand out. I missed that the first time around. Oh, like, okay. I, like, I saw him, he moved in front of, like, the shelf or whatever to, like, to help hold him the with... box yeah, so yeah. he can cut. But I didn't realize he slipped out of the handcuff of that movement. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Because okay, he, he goes back and slips his hand back in, and then he looks at him and he goes, you telling me you could have got out of those handcuffs any time? And he says, well, not any time, only when it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, a thing I'm kind of like, why did you do that? I'm like, because it was funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I, figured something was going to come up like that because I was thinking in my head, like, again, I'm throwing, like, the rule book as far as physics out with this movie. Yeah, of course. But that if you're handcuffed to a, a tune, that the yeah. tune can get out of the cuffs. Well, like, Maybe not the human, but the tune can get out of those cuffs. And go hide. Like, and so go hide or do hide something, the, yeah. The sink. But, like, Roger came into the apartment through the mail slot. Like, you telling me yeah. you can't get no, out of there? No, right. Handcuffs. Again, they're liquid. They're like a cat. Yeah. They just they yeah. have no bone structure. They're just like... They're two-dimensional. They right. go right through the yeah. mail slot. So I knew there was going to be something with the handcuffs. I knew... At first, I was like, wait a minute. They can be handcuffed the entire movie. I'm like, there's no way. Roger Rabbit is going to get out of this somehow. Yeah. He's just going to slip out and it's going to be a joke. But when you guys laughed at the fact that he did it in that time... I only laughed at it until Bob Hoss's character said something. I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew he was going to get out of his cuffs. But, um, just like I could do. I could have done it at any time as long as it was funny. It's funny. I love that. <laughs> so then they, uh, they they have the confrontation with Doom. Uh, with Doom. He gives him the drink His again. last name's Doom? Is that 
Doom. Yeah, yeah. Doom. Yeah, doom, Judge okay. Doom. Judge Doom. Okay. Very ominous. Very foreboding. Yeah. Roger Roger comes out. He does the two bits. He gets taken by Doom, and the only way they escape is they do the alcohol bit from earlier uh, with some reverse, some fun reverse. Psychology. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then they they escape in the cartoon cab. Uh, so they have the little chase sequence. What did you think about the cartoon cab and the chase sequence? That was great. I do want to touch on one thing though. That like I, I only one shot does an amazing amount of work to that rabbit. Like the shot of whiskey, like oh, does yeah, an yeah. amazing amount of work to oh, Roger yeah. Rabbit. Absolutely. Like the first time he did it, he was like up in the ceiling just doing this. Yeah. And two characters are having a conversation. I only saw his legs just freaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, this thing needs to get to a tune hospital or something. But yeah, the the chase sequence was great. I was hoping for a chase scene in the movie, and I knew we were going to get one. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Again, I just think it's so funny. Bob Hoskins with like the cartoon, the cartoon steering, steering wheel. wheel. It is absolutely outrageous. To just watch him with this oversized steering wheel that is way too far out from where it would be in this cartoon car. It's just I would have thought it was like a golf cart without like the roof and everything on it. Mm. I don't know. Something to that effect. But um, nonetheless, funny. I don't remember anything particularly jumping out of me that I really laughed at. I just thought, I thought the cartoon car was just hilarious. Yeah. The characterization mm-hmm. of the car, the lever bit is funny where they're like, pull the lever. And he's like, what lever? And the sign pops out. It says this lever. Stupid. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he pulls good. it so they can go out and the, you know, the cops get run over by the hyenas. And... Again, a lot of like that naked gun stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. Where again, you just have to be paying attention to what they say and do because they're going to be very literal and they're going to like... Yeah, like I think very early on, uh, before we even get into the 3D world, Roger Rabbit is thrown into an oven and there's like a, a setting on the oven that's like volcano mode or something volcano like that. Volcano hot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they then go to the movies for the hideout and that's where Eddie starts to put together the case. Are you still, again, it's too zany, I can't follow Yeah, it. it's just too zany for me. I know how it's kind of going to wrap up because like there's the people who that would be maybe suspects are just too malicious and villainous in the movie. You'd be like, I know it's going to be like the studio head and like this doom guy. Like it just mm-hmm. like the villains are already laid out. You know what yeah. I mean? There's not gonna be like a surprise, like bad guy in this movie. Well, this is where we kind of start to get maybe that mysterious third bad guy. Cause this is the part when they're hiding out at the movies that you get the backstory about Eddie's brother being killed. Right. So, you know that there's this mysterious, tune he didn't see his face he just saw his red eyes so like that is kind of being dangled as like a again didn't didn't pick that up i think i was just kind of looking at everything just the i think i I got lost so much in the plot like maybe a little early on that i was like there's almost no way for me to really catch up and it's going to be a discussion we have afterwards yeah that i'm just kind of watching like whatever was happening on screen was more or less like roger rabbit watching what was the tune on screen that they were watching? Oh, Goofy. Goofy, yeah. Like I was, I no was, one does it like I, Goofy. I was, I was paying attention to the Goofy part of that story. <laughs> yeah. But that's – I that again, I figured there was going to be a line in the movie where they were talking about like red eyes or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? In retrospect, I'm like, okay, they must have said something early on to sort of get to this moment. Uh, this moment also has, I think, one of the best Roger Rabbit animation moments of he wants to know why Eddie doesn't like him. He's like, why do you hate Toons, Eddie? Like, you used to be around Toontown all the time. Yeah. He says that earlier in the movie, like, every Toon knows when you're in trouble, you go to Valiant and Valiant, they're going to help you out. They're going to figure your shit out. And the moment where Eddie's like, a Toon killed my brother, 
And Roger was like, who killed your brother? And you just see he has this like sheepish, sad look on his face yeah. and his his hands are covering his mouth. And he's just like, his eyes are kind of trembling like he wants to cry. Yeah. And like that whole moment, like Roger's just so empathetic to the situation. He even says something along the lines of like, well, if a tune killed my brother, I'd hate me too. Right. And just like, I love that whole yeah, like the most human moment for yeah. him. Um, he has like this thing where he like his his lips like or his, his cheek like trebles a little bit mm-hmm. when he's like nervous or sad or whatever. Yeah, again, like that animation was really good. A, a lot of the animation in the movie is 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 really good for what it is. Mm-hmm. At this point, because we got to this case so late, we're starting to kind of wrap up these loose ends a little bit. Yeah, uh, because Eddie sees on the movie screen that the same company that bought. The trolley system now has bought Maroon Studios. So something's up there. Eddie knows Maroon tried to set him up with the patty cake photos. So he's now starting to piece this all together. We go right. to go to Arcade Maroon Studios. He's clearly frazzled. Like he's you can tell he's like sweating and his tie's undone. Right. And Eddie kind of gives him the shakedown. Uh, what did you think about this sequence where he's kind of trying to get the information out. This dude's clearly scared. We get the 45 foot long revolver barrels yeah, poking yeah. through the window. What, what, were you, what was going through? Yeah, that was good there. Again, I liked that the editing machine came back into play. Like, mm-hmm. he stuck the tie in there. Yeah, again, very just classic filler, like getting, like moving, advancing the plot type of scene. Yeah. I mean, you would have found this in any sort of thing where you get to the point where now you're you're on the opposite. It's like in the beginning, they're like he was threatening him about all this stuff, and now yeah. it's on the opposite end where now he's threatening him for information. So. Again, good, good stuff. But again, just laughing at like the posters and the gun and like yeah. the, it's like it's the, a comically like, long gun. Comically yeah. long gun. I I forget the the poster in the back said like uh, the purring pistol or something. Oh or, it was, yeah, it was like the pistol possum. The pistol possum. <laughs> I was laughing at that while he was like advancing the plot. Yeah, like, that was... <laughs> like, I was just laughing at the poster and like a, the important stuff is just flying past me. <laughs> You're almost watching it like we are, where like we're paying attention to the corners of the screen and looking at everything yeah. else besides what's front and center. And you're just like, no, there's a possum hanging from his tail with a couple. I'm of watching guns. it like, like a kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. the colors are just flying all over. The yeah, it's very stimulating, overstimulated. Yeah. yeah, but then he gets murdered there, shot a couple times in the back. Yeah, I think it was the first time like a human got like a shot in this movie. Yeah, yeah this it's was a... the, the first real like murder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, murder, yes, but like. Even hurt. Like, I don't even think anybody even gets... Nobody gets hit at the factory by the boxing glove mallet to where they'd be like, ah, like, son of a bitch, like, you hurt me. Mm -hmm. And the first hurt human we get is a murder. Yeah. Yeah, shot twice in the back. Yeah, Yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah, that we actually get to see. And then him just, like, laying there where it looks like he hung himself, but he's clearly, you know, just shot in the back because his tie is still stuck in the editing machine. Like, that's a... It's a scary image for a young. Yeah, person. it was a, it was a, it was an odd way, and because they just lingered on for a second, I'm yeah. like, this fucking movie, man. <laughs> I was like, God this... save the parents who have to deal with this movie, right? Uh, this uh, this sequence also had the only time where I noticed the score being similar to something else, which was when Maroon turns on the light. It had that kind of like twinkle sound effect that Back to the Future uses a lot. He has like a little like a rattling thing that goes yeah. on. Almost like the Predator had it, and uh, a lot of that is in the Back of the Future. Yeah, that was the, you're right. That's right around like that the end half of this movie is where I started really realizing that 
that's Alan Silvestri. Like, yeah. that, I would have picked that out. Well, I think this is to Bridges' point from before of most of the movie is trying to emulate old cartoons. So you're getting a lot of that, you know, melodic Mary Melody style music. You're getting a lot more sound effects than yeah, more crash score. bangs, swooshes, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. So this when things start to kind of settle a little bit more and they aren't nearly as zany because the last third of this isn't nearly as zany as the rest of it. And to your point earlier, it's almost downright scary. Yeah, what's going on here? And so that's when the score kind of does more work for right. the movie is in this later part. But that was the first part where I noticed it of being like, I've heard that sound before. That's recognizable from another thing he's done. Yeah. So yeah, after the murder, we get Eddie saying, I'm going to use a tune gun now. So he's he's going back to his roots. He's yeah. using the tune gun. We already touched on the culturally insensitive tune bullets. And that so that gun is like his brother's old gun. Is am I getting that correctly? Or no, no. There's a placard on it. It's a gift from Yosemite Sam for helping him out of a jam. Oh, that's great. See, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not picking that up. I'm looking at these dancing bullets in the goddamn case. I'm not even looking at that shit. Well yeah, but again, it's just like they open the case and it's just a little placard in there. It says like thanks for whatever Yosemite Sam. Like I don't even remember. My mind what is zapped for. by that point. Like I'm just <laughs> yeah. like looking at like I'm like, you're, you're there's, like a bullet wearing, a there's a bullet wearing there's a bullet wearing a sombrero, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ex bandolier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love how the bullets all know and they're like, Eddie, where are you been? He's like drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too funny. So yeah, so then we get our first actual look at Toontown. It's this thing that we've heard about the whole movie. Eddie finally faces his fears and goes to Toontown. And if you thought the movie was zany before, yeah. Johnny, what did Toontown do to your brain? It's like when the Beatles like released Yellow Submarine. Like that's yeah. kind of like what it was like. It was just <laughs> absolutely insane. Like I just wanted to go back to Abbey Road, and we uh, we were <laughs> so far away from it at this point. Yeah, it's. I knew we were we were getting there, and I was I was hoping. I mean, whatever. I knew it was going to be what it was, but there was this. The frame is just filled way more with more stuff. Things are flying everywhere in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Again, we're getting like the whole him now being interacting with all the animated stuff, which is wild. Which again, I feel like I've seen more of like that than I've seen like tunes being a real world in other cases, like other movies and things like that. I feel like the real person being in like uh, what's that movie? What's that movie where the guy becomes a fish, Mr. Limpet oh, or something like that? Oh, Incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah, yeah, so kind of like it's like more of like a guy like in, in that 2D world yeah. opposed so to the other way around. So you're just managing one real life element yeah. rather right, than Like I almost felt set. a little at home in Two Town. <laughs> <laughs> almost. 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 Um, but yeah, super zany, almost just as zany as everything outside of Toontown. And again, I can't even think of some of the gags that go on. Again, I Oh, the elevator. The elevator. I love the guy. Like, yeah, watch, watch for the step. Yeah, watch yeah. for the step, sir. Your floors, Yeah, sir. your flows. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff is great. And again, I think I touched on it before, but like them uh, falling from the sky with Mickey Mouse and Bugs mm-hmm. Bunny was surreal. Yeah. But yeah, and then I'm not even, I'm having a hard time even remembering how he got out of Toontown. Um, oh, because he, he's chasing Jessica, because Jessica has technically kidnapped Roger. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. we, we meet the, 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 the ugly half of her. The, with the, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where he th- he sees the silhouette. He thinks it's her. He goes up to the house. And even when she opens the door, she's still got the hair in front of her face. So it looks like it's still Jessica Rabbit. And then, no, it's just this. No, it's me. <laughs> yeah. It's me this morning. Hello. <laughs> Hi. She's just as disgusting as that guy in the bar. 
<laughs> Almost. Oh, they make a permanent they pairing. Should, they, they, yeah. yeah. Lost opportunity. Yeah, ToontownMatch.com. Yeah. <laughs> Toons um, only. His fantasy, yeah. Toons only. Toons only. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't Google that, by Don't, the way. Yeah, please. <laughs> only Toons. <Yeah>. Only Toons. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't um, Google that. It's a different thing. Yeah. What I do, I what I like as an adult and what I think I liked as a kid, too, is this movie does a good job of sort of recycling gags that in Looney Tunes in particular were funny, like, or that I always liked of, you know, uh, Eddie ditches the woman by taking the line in the middle mm-hmm. of the street and pulling it over so she just follows it and runs into a wall. Yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. There's the back and forth between him and Roger earlier when he's trying to convince him to take the shot and he's like take the shot i'm not thirsty do it i'm not gonna do it do it i'm not gonna do it don't yeah. do it i'm gonna do it yeah. and then that, that well, i tell you i'm gonna do something then i'm gonna do it yeah. and he becomes very much a tune in the in that sequence in tune time like he becomes like a pancake at one point there's a point yeah. where mm-hmm. the ceiling like he becomes a lot more amoebish yeah. uh and in, in this this world than he is in the real life yeah and that kind of i mean this comes into play later in like Space Jam where they're like, you're in the tune world. Things work differently. Here. Yeah. You can become a flat pancake. You can go and be like, I don't think if he had hit the ground, which he doesn't because weird fake Jessica Rabbit saves him. But I, I wonder if he hit the ground, would he have even died? Like did the, did the humans that died from Looney Tunes style antics die because they were in the real world part of things? Like, if that had happened in Toontown, would that have worked? Like, I don't remember if the story of the brother takes place in the real world or in Toontown. They just were chasing a tune. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if he would have even hit the ground and died there. Or if he just would have been like, oh, I'm a back. I'm, I'm a flat pancake. Ugh. Right, right. <laughs> which kind of does set up a little bit the the climax of the movie, which I think we're pretty much... There yeah, they like they leave the tunnel that goes from Toontown, and now they're back out. And yeah, because once Eddie meets up with Jessica, Jessica's like, "No, Doom did it." It, it like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like she just straight up is like, "No, Doom did it. I followed him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. killed R.K. Maroon. He had the comically large gun. It's him. It's him. It's him. This whole thing hinges on him. We got to get him." And he has that little run down the alley. Where yeah, he's, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, have, he's starting to get spooky. Feel, yeah, yeah, Johnny's gonna have nightmares. Um, so then we get uh, Roger's been kidnapped first by Jessica, then by or then he escapes uh, the car, mm-hmm. and that's when we get the sequence of Benny the taxi driving Roger in a car as a car, um, yeah. which is pretty zany. Although he turns his headlights on too, like there's more there's more light on the road. Yeah, <laughs> well, because the headlights I don't think worked because Eddie crashed the car. Oh, uh, okay. So they sense. needed it in order to to see what was happening. Uh, but then we get the big confrontation down at the Acme Warehouse, right. which is the thing that I mentioned earlier of that's what they have set up at Disney World is the Acme Warehouse, which is the scene of two murders. Or three murders, really. Yeah. It's the shoe. The shoe. Marvin Acme. And then uh, all of the hyenas. Actually, way more murders than that because all the hyenas right, right. And, and Doom himself. Yes. So many. Eight. So many murders. <laughs> Uh, but that's the, like, fun, fanciful Disney World attraction is, like, the food court that's inside of this murder warehouse. <laughs> that's great. The food court is inside of that I place? I think it's, like, a food court. Okay. But they have, like, the steamroller coming through, like, one side of the building. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, this murder sequence in this very dark-for-a-kids-movie movie is, like, the fun, fanciful place where you can buy, like, a 
you know, Pizza Planet slice of pizza or something like that. <laughs> so the, the 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 stay clear wall, the brick wall. Yeah. The other side of that is Toontown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. That's why, because it seemed like they drove pretty far away. It seemed like that was like the only in and out place to get to Toontown was that tunnel. Well, that's why this is part of the like big underarching like scheme is that judge, and this is where Doom kind of lays out his plan. So it's the perfect yeah. spot to explain it. Uh, is that Doom wants to buy up all of these things to create a freeway, which is like his whole grand plan of. Toon murder. Which is a hilarious plan, yeah. Yeah, is to build a highway. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, the highway needs to go through RK Maroon Studios, which is next to Acme's Warehouse, which is next to Toontown. So Marvin Acme owns Toontown and the warehouse with all the overused gags, like your fake dumbbells and your black holes that you throw on a wall right. and it becomes a real hole. Uh, and then the movie studio that employs all those tunes and all those gags right next door. So they're all kind of this one area, and that's why he needs the gotcha. He needs everything to build his freeway. What did you think of his grand scheme, or were you just like, "I'm here for the ending. I don't even care about his plan." I mean, the plan was hilarious. The plan was just hilarious. I, I figured it was going to be a little more like outrageous than that than just wanting to build a freeway. And with billboards and fast, I forget what he called. He's like restaurants that make food rapidly. <laughs> That so, guy should just hung around. SimCity came out like a few years later. You would have loved that game. Yeah. <laughs> Infrastructure, all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But that that's his that's his grand plan. Yeah. Um but I knew there was gonna probably be something with the dip beyond just like there was gonna be some sort of like yeah. a dip bomb or something. I don't know what the hell, but like Yeah, and that's basically what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very slow ticking dip water cannon. Right. <laughs> Again, at that point I was just on the moon, dude. I don't even know what I was watching, but, um, but yeah, pretty typical sort of like the, the you know the couple or whatever of the movies like tied up and like the hero and you just sort of like save them. Yeah, it's it's you're over the pit of alligators or the sharks yeah. with laser beams attached to their heads <laughs> yes. or you know the canyon. Like it, this yeah. has been done tied to, to the death. train track exactly. Right. Yeah. What makes it memorable though is the like I didn't realize that he was a tune. Like I didn't, I didn't yes. pick up on it. I hoped, I wish that never happened because that's the most terrifying thing I've seen in a while. Oh, when he gets steamrolled? No, when he just becomes a tune. Oh, like the red so after eyes, the steamroll. After the steamroll. Gotcha. They when, should, yeah, I just, you were like, as his body came up as like a little envelope, you were like, absolutely not. I was not. beside myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you never, so when he was getting steamrolled, what was happening? You just thought we're watching another murder? Yeah. Okay. I thought I was watching like Temple of Doom right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he does get yeah. stuck, so it does look like, all right, this is going to be it. He, he screwed himself. He punched that canister of glue, and now right. he's stuck to the steamroller, and he's dead. Yeah. It was becoming a thing where it was like, okay, they're like actually showing him getting like rocked right now, getting smoked. Yeah. And there, I, I realistically, you would have seen like, yeah, we all have seen like a watermelon get smashed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. So I figured something was up, and then when he was just, like, flat like that, I was like, okay, something's up. And then when he sort of got up and, like, I, I was I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah, it was really he, spooky stuff. He gets the helium, the eyeballs pop out. It just got worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's funny, because I don't think it's something you would have necessarily thought of. When he gets rocked earlier in that sequence, you can tell he's got his hand over his eye. Because um. the, he's stopping the eyeballs from popping out. But you would just think, like, I'm... Oh, he's hurt, and that's right. why he's holding his head. But no, he's trying to keep those eyeballs. When like when he slips 
on the eyeballs. eyeballs. And he falls, and he's like, ugh. And the hyenas start laughing, and that's where he's like, you know what happens when you laugh? You're gonna, you know, you're gonna die when you laugh. Yeah, yeah. That he's trying to stop the eyeball, the fake eyeball from popping out. Head. Interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I saw him like those... I saw him slip like once, and then he slipped for real like the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really give it any credence or like what was happening. Yeah, it's just was... the thing that you like you wouldn't notice like because the guy falls and he holds his head like that's a normal yeah, reaction. Yeah, being a dummy. Yeah. But on second viewing, you're like, oh, he's he's trying to still hide. He's trying to maintain his human facade yeah. as a tune. But no, the the tunification of the Christopher Lloyd character is outrageous because not only do you get the swirling red eyes, but his voice goes high pitch and he's mm-hmm. bragging about a murder because he's mm-hmm. like, when I killed your brother, I did it like this. And like the eyes are going, it's outrageous. It's, yeah, I got it. Like I'm 35. I can't imagine what would be like five <laughs> years old watching that movie, watching that sequence. But yeah, really scary stuff. Really enjoyed the whole... Uh, you know, making him laugh or whatever, mm-hmm. or like making the uh, the other little minions laugh or whatever. Yeah, he does um, his little song and dance number. Yeah, which was which was good. Like was... they just they just kill over and knock out, and the, the yeah, little, soul, little souls fly out. Yep. My favorite is the one where he dies, and then his ghost is just like "see you later" and like changes the direction of the water can to go back towards them. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like, <laughs> what the ghost is interacting like all yeah. the rest of them flew off while playing like. You like know, a harp or whatever, yeah. 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 Yeah, and then I having a hard time how he ultimately killed him. He He grabs they're in a scuffle and he grabs A lot um, of cartoon props. Yeah. So first like, he grabs the singing sword, which then starts singing some. Oh, that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the magnet and yeah. gets himself stuck. He takes the whole black hole creator. That's yeah. how he gets out of the magnet. And then he doom switches like he he takes his glove off he's got an anvil hand he's hitting him mm-hmm. then he has the saw hand in it he's just kind of laying there on the ground yep yeah and he grabs the mallet that shoots is like a gun that fires like a hand punch like a yeah right glove. right that, we sh- that they showed earlier yep because uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of foreshadowing in that very first yeah. crime scene sequence because they use the black hole they use the mallet the singing sword doesn't come, come into play. out now um but it wasn't very useful. No. At the end. It's witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, see, I wish I was tuned into the movie. Like, literally, sorry, tuned into the movie more. Uh, and picking up a lot of those things because, again, just, it was just over my head a yeah. lot of it. I was awash. Oh. Um, but he punches the, essentially the hydrant of the dip mobile. Yeah, like the, the release valve. And it dumps out all over him. Here's another thing. Sorry, this this was a thing I was thinking about. All of the dip in the green and the ooze. I wish movies did that more often. More, we were more t- ooze. More, more ooze. More goop. You know, we were talking last week about, like, I like the way this movie does corpses. I like the way this movie does ooze. <laughs> and I would just like to put it Is out more there. More ooze? Like, like, more like, ooze like Ghostbusters 2 or something? Yeah, well, just because, like... You know, and practical ooze, like right, right. actual green liquid. Yeah, not a lot of ooze. Yeah, you don't see ooze. It would have been better if they just blended like a bunch of like French dip gravy <laughs> into the truck. Yeah, more ooze, more French yeah, dip. Yeah, more please. French dip. Yeah, so much ooze. <laughs> but whatever. He washes the ooze like out into the uh, into the into the sewer. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, we get Doom 
melting. Yeah, doom so, melts. Like, what did you think of the actual like melting of like I'm melting like a very wicked witch? You didn't give of. me a blanket to cover my eyes, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, equally as terrifying as the last five minutes of that movie, or but uh, or him being alive. But yeah, disgusting. <laughs> so then we uh, we save Jessica and Roger. Save Toontown, and then we get the big reveal of what happened to the will. At any point up until this, did you figure out the will was, like, even by the time the disappearing ink reappears on the shirt, is any part of you being like, the will's disappearing? Like, I got it. Like, I I recognize it from, like, a distance, like, mentally what was happening, but, like, did not register as far as any sort of revelation. I was like, I've seen that before. Seen that as well before. Like that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's how I, that's how I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, just, I know him, it's, I know him. Yeah, it's like, I've seen that little piece of paper before, a little red drawing on it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. Oh, but um, it is a cute reveal because he goes to read the love letter because now they're safe and right. Jessica's back in his arms and then boom, there's the will. The tunes get tuned down. We get our happily ever after. Right. You know. Porky uh, Pig at the end. Yeah. The origins of That's All Folks, maybe. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, I like the sound of that. That's all, folks. Yeah. And boop. And then boop. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I would imagine some sort of like goof or gag reel or something like that. I mean. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the, I mean, the movie immediately like minimized the credits, but I don't think that there is. Any sort of yeah. like. Yeah. I don't I think so. I don't think there's anything like that in this. But yeah, that would have been fun of like, especially because they're, those are real actors. Right. Mm-hmm. So it would have made sense that there would have been like the tunes doing sure. gag reels. But yeah, nothing, uh, nothing of the sort. But yeah, so that was it. Nice, nice, happy, nice, happy bow on it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I, I, I will say you said before about maybe watching it again. It, it's going to take a while for me to sit down after watches again, but I do want to just so I could maybe follow the plot like mm-hmm. one iota maybe just a little bit so i could be that that much more ahead of the game but yeah i think um, i think on rewatch you get a lot more out of it there's a lot more details that you missed mm-hmm. you know you won't be so scatterbrained because of the zaniness going yeah. on because you're more accustomed to it and that's right. why you can it's easier to pick up on those little things yeah, it's it's just there's so much going on the screen. It's almost like those like cuts on YouTube where people overlay like every Star Wars movie or something like that, and they play it all at once. It's Ugh. like it's just a mash of just color and yeah. light and sound, and it's mm-hmm. like. So when you ask about the plot and everything, and I know you hold my hand throughout the entire thing on this, but like I just I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? The mysterious ink, cool. That yeah. I saw it earlier, but like it's <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, but it's really I think it's more of just the zaniness and the funny moments and just the bewilderment I think I had with it that I enjoyed the most with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we didn't touch on on her specifically at all, but what a great job Kathleen Turner does as Jessica Rabbit, just like. Who's the the voice, like the raspy voice? It is Kathleen Turner? It is, yep. Yeah, so I mean, you know, she's just, she plays that part perfectly. I just wanted to give that shout out because we didn't mention her specifically. So do we know who plays Roger Rabbit? Like anyone of Have you seen Zodiac? Yes. So you know the guy? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What a turn. (laughs) Yes. The guy that Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Robert Graysmith, goes to visit with the movie posters. And okay. he takes him in the basement, that guy. Okay, where like, there's not a lot of basements in California, that guy? Yeah. That's Roger That's Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. 
Not, not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Sorry. Just added more nightmare fuel. I've been going out of my basement to my laundry and see Roger, Roger Rabbit just yeah. like snickering at me. I did the posters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's a voice actor. He's done a lot of things. Yeah, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, it'd be like, John Cena is Roger Rabbit. Like, yeah. No, I don't want that. Yeah. It's... Yeah. yeah. It do do be... we know like the people who were voicing the Disney characters at the time were the people who voiced it here? Yeah, like in the credits, like Mel Blanc does mm-hmm. Tweety, okay. and he does Bugs, and he does like all of those same people. I would assume the same is true for whoever was voicing Mickey and whatever Mickey movie came out around the same time. Same thing. Goofy right. sounds the same. Um, so I think they're just using because again, this was like a co-production mm-hmm. between Disney. And Amblin and Warner Brothers and like these people who were working together, right, um, right, to do this, which again is just crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, they had to do like every for every shot there was of a Disney character, like a Warner Brothers character, mm-hmm. had to be there for equal screen time. So like oh, the animators had to like that's why you have like um, Daffy and Donald yeah. at the same time and Bugs and Mickey like simultaneously, so that nobody felt like they were. I think, too, like, if you count, I think, like, even words in the dialogue are the same. Like, that sequence with Mickey and Bugs, I think if you count it out, they each have the same number of lines. That's wild. In that sequence. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it had to be, no one could be on a pedestal because then it's like, Disney, who's producing this, is saying that Warner Brothers is inferior because Mickey has more lines. Like, it's the it's the quarrel with the Fast and the Furious franchise of, like... Vin Diesel can't have more lines than The Rock, who can't have more lines than Jason Statham. Like, it's that uh, yeah. fight, but with cartoon characters. Right, right, right. Interesting. Yeah. So everybody's IP had to be on, on an equal playing field. I mean, I'm curious to see who didn't make the cut in this movie as far as, like, because literally it looks like everyone is in it. Particularly the ending sequence. It just seemed like the yeah, whole... Yeah, they threw a lot of people in there. Like, I mean, not... There, there are people that I can think of that don't have, like, dialogue. I don't remember seeing... Pepe Le Pew or Speedy Gonzalez or yeah. See, I don't remember seeing like think... the dwarves at all, like the seven dwarves. The dwarves uh, are they, there. They are. There's one on a poster, I think, in the Acme place. It's like Dopey's something or other, and mm-hmm. it's like Dopey's on a poster, and then like Peter Pan is on another poster. Wait, Dopey's got his own movie? <laughs> no, it's not a movie. It's just like it's a product. Like he's the spokesman oh, for okay. an Acme product, where it's like it's like Dopey's laughing gas or something like that. Yeah, oh, it's a. It's a uh... Yeah, I forget what it Whoopee was. cushion. Whoopee cushion, that's what it thinks. Toby's you. whippets. Yeah. Yes. And you you see them in Toontown at one point, like mm-hmm. walking down an alley. Yeah. I think it's they didn't put characters who wouldn't have existed prior to nineteen forty seven. There are some, I feel like, that I've read before. There are I don't remember them off Yeah. But I feel like there are a couple that were created after nineteen forty seven, but I don't think they have speaking lines. Mm. I just think they're used to pad out like the, the studios. Yeah. Or Toontown, like pedestrians. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, so overall, do you do you think you will give this movie another viewing? Like, did you enjoy it enough to give it another viewing to, like, process it more? Or are you kind of just like, if someone throws it on, I'm not running out of the room, but this is just too much for me? Yeah, I think if... I might enjoy it if it's just like I if I jump into it and kind of just catch some... Sitting down and watching in full... Couple of years at least. Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a while. Okay. What if we what if we hamper what if we hamper or enhance your brain with some substances then? Do you think that makes it maybe, more or less likely? May, 
Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it might be too much for me. Um, <laughs> like we get you a couple scotch on the rocks. Is yeah, something like ice, that. Of yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, with ice, not actually rocks from your garden or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a thumbs up for me, but like with a caveat. Like, yeah. it's a big caveat. I again would have liked to have seen this as a kid. I think I would have probably would have really enjoyed it, um, and have probably kept it in a catalog of movies that in my brain at least that i would have wanted to go back and watch yeah uh over the years as a kid um but yeah a lot of really adult elements in this mm-hmm. it's just again I, I i keep using the word like fever dream or something like that but it just like it's so hard to like even think of how this movie would exist and like thinking watching it now it just it's feel like i'm watching like if, like a fan trailer mm-hmm. or like a fan cut of something so it's just wild that the movie even exists to begin with but I mean, like for you guys, I'm sure nothing has changed. I mean, you said you've noticed a few more adult themes and things like that. But yeah, beyond that, it changed some of my theory, a little bit of my theory of like, why is this movie oh, not yeah. as like, yeah, you mentioned kind of earlier. like as well known, culturally culturally relevant, and I sort of I was thinking along the lines of you know, like Looney Tunes, that sort of the beat of those gags, that sort of cultural language i don't think exists for kids anymore yeah i don't think kids get literal humor that way they don't like which is fine but you know this is very much its uh successor to that yeah you know and so i think for us who still had access to that it's very easy to slide in and Mm -hmm. and get it and understand and feel at home in the movie's humor i was like that's probably why but then i was like I I don't know if I would show this to an eight year old, maybe a ten year old. I I feel like that this movie is almost made for adults. Yeah, and then you throw in the cartoon characters because the kids can still go see it and get something out of it. But the real meat and potatoes of it is the adults, the noir stuff. Yeah, well, because the- it's like Chinatown, like a lot of the plot. Right. Like it's about a freeway instead of you know water access yeah. and stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, I think this movie would have a lot more success with a no, not not crap on a Bob Hoskins, but like having a better person casted for that not so much casted for that role specifically but like a bigger name i think would mm. help this movie a lot because they really the only big name in this really is christopher lloyd yeah i yeah. mean um to an extent Catherine to, turner i guess yeah but, to an yeah. extent like, yeah you don't, but you see, don't her. see her yeah. yeah but it does seem like one of those movies where it's almost like it's like a, a dream to come true for like an adult who used to enjoy these cartoons to have them all on the screen together for the first time mm-hmm. rather than like a kid seeing this for the first time and trying to like comprehend anything, yeah. like like any sort of like character that's like, oh, that's because, well, it's like the kids' brains do not process yeah. that quickly. Mine doesn't. You got to find like <laughs> I would have watched like in the twenties or like maybe like somewhere in between. Maybe yeah, I was already going downhill. Like you should have caught me early on. I would have caught a little bit of this, um, but it uh, it's a lot for I think anyone to digest. You know what I mean? You kind of just. It's. It, I think it takes a couple of viewings. I think. I think you said the first time you watched it, you didn't pick up on a lot of. I mean, as a kid, stuff. so you like, were a kid, yeah. As a kid, the only things you pick up on is all those murders are scary, yeah, mm-hmm. and all of the tunes are wacky, and yeah. that's all you really need to like. I think the reason I understood the story so well is because I heard the storybook over and over that was hitting all of the important plot points. Like even now, watching it, I can hear, like I can picture in my head. Sitting there as a young child, like, 
lights off in the dark, laying in bed, and her being like, you know, uh, it was it was innocent. It was patty cake. It was no big deal. Like those clips from right. that tape, I hear them in my brain, and when I see them there, I like I immediately takes me back to like bedtime, mm-hmm. you know. But I think like if you had seen all those stories before, those Disney stories or you know the Looney Tunes stories, that you'd be like you'd see Dumbo and be like. Well, wait, wait, where's the other? The like you would yeah. start, you would it. You you think you're you thinking of the Dumbo being at a carnival, not like in a city. Yeah. Like it just like it's confusing to a kid. Well, and and especially because <laughs> I'm sure as a kid you'd be like, oh no, something sad happened in Dumbo, and your parents would be like, don't worry, Dumbo's not like it's just a movie. Like Dumbo's yeah, yeah. fine. And then you go in this, and like Dumbo's a real living person that can work mm-hmm. for multiple studios and gets paid in peanuts. Like, right. It's a they won't pay him enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of setting of like, oh, I, I was thought told, you told me it didn't exist. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. fake. And here no, all he these lives people, in a studio in LA, West LA. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's in, North, <laughs> yeah, he's in North Hollywood doing open mic nights. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it is made for like teen, yeah. like teenagers enough to get, yeah. who get all the references, who get all, who've seen all of that stuff. And yeah. it's more enjoyable if you've seen all of those stories and those properties and. Yeah, I think you were just going to give it to, like, a five-year-old. It's like... They would enjoy the colors. And the, the, the colors, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. They'd laugh themselves to death with the hyenas and the the psych, like the gags and right, the cartoon right. stuff. But the, the rest of it, the crime thriller aspect of it just completely goes over their head. Yeah. But again, like I said, I think the biggest enjoyable part of the movie is, like, the cameos and, like, the mm-hmm. seeing, like, all the characters interact with each other. At least for me, yeah. that was the most enjoyable part of it. Nice. Well, uh, any other final thought before we wrap things up? Uh, approach this movie lightly if anyone who hasn't seen this movie before. But I'm sure if you've watched this podcast by now, you got all the uh, all the clues you need. Yeah. Um, but no, had a blast with it. Um, again, trying to I could probably have to take some melatonin tonight. <laughs> Might have to slam a beer right before again quickly to make sure I go to sleep. But yeah, take the, the edge off. Point, yeah. Take the edge off. But um, no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we finally took this one off. Nice. Take Bridget. No. What a blast. Yeah. <laughs> very exciting stuff well that'll do it then for this week's episode of fine i'll watch it remember you can find every episode of fine i'll watch it on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, podbean stitcher and spotify you can also find us on facebook and twitter at broken clock pods so let us know what you think of who framed roger rabbit were you more of a disney person more of a looney tunes person uh what are your favorite bob hoskins movies or christopher lloyd movies let us know on facebook and twitter at broken clock pods uh, but once again for fine i'll watch it my name is adam i'm bridget and i'm johnny and thanks so much for listening